R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-A audio. 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 Now, my youngest daughter hates, I mean, hates roller coasters. Now, for her, it's not that she gets sick. She actually has an iron stomach. She's just scared. That anxiety builds upon itself. Try as she may, she just works herself up until what she sees in her head far outweighs the reality of the ride. It does make for some priceless on-the-ride pictures, though. Despite the understanding that my wife and I have of her anxiety, we keep trying to get her to like these rides. We tell her it won't be so bad, or it's really not that fast, whatever we can think of to get her on. Parents of the year, right? So as we exited our last attempt, I think it was test track at Epcot, I wiped her tears, holding her close, and explained that we would never put her in an unsafe situation. Anything I could do to settle her down and convince her that the next ride wouldn't be that bad. Well, she looked at me through those puppy dog eyes and her most delicate, pitiful, bottom lip sticking out slightly, third child voice and said, but dad, you're not afraid of anything. Well, I'll tell you that hit me like a smack in the face. Boy, if you only knew, kid, because I experience some kind of fear multiple times every day. Not necessarily of monsters in my closet or roller coasters, but those other adult things that creep into your mind and keep you up late at night. What are yours? I think of things like, what's my oldest doing with his friends at 2 a.m.? Or how am I going to deal with the next problem that arises at work? What's my 401k look like? Well, what I've learned is that being brave isn't lack of fear. The courageous are full of fear. They just know how to channel it properly to overcome. Alexandra Vargas made a major career change a short time ago, and that's brought her back to not only face some realities of her youth, but to put her in the hot seat of responsibility for some important aspects of an organization that saves lives on a daily basis. She's a courageous hero. Alexandra Vargas, the Development and Communications Officer at Martha's Village and Kitchen. If you listened to our podcast last week, um, I spoke with Alexandra when we wrote and kind of put a narrative together for the story of who's Jose, who was a reemployability, an injured worker that was placed into Martha's Village and Kitchen by reemployability, and 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 really saw some really positive outcomes. But when Alexandra and I were talking, I really felt it was. Uh, I wanted to have a follow-up conversation about the organization and learn a little bit more about you because it was so intriguing. And so, Alexandra, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, to talk a little bit about what you do and the organization. I'm excited. So I got to ask the question right off the bat. So Martha's Village and Kitchen, that's a unique name for a not-for-profit. Tell us the story behind that. So it was actually a group of women that were very passionate um, in the 90s, I believe, and they were passionate about helping the community. So together they came up with Martha's Village and Kitchen, Soup Kitchen, and, you know, the village is, it takes a village. So that's where that came from. And, 
yeah, the organization just started as a food bank, soup kitchen, residential service, anything you can think of. We pretty much do it all. Do you know where the Martha's part comes from? You know, that's the biggest mystery working here. Really? <laughs> we don't, we're not sure who Martha is, but we thank her. Now you're located in the Palm Springs area in California. Is that correct? Correct. We're located in Indio, which most people know as, you know, the home of Coachella Fest. Um, but what, you know, tourists don't know is here in India, we have a, a homeless population um, that needs to be taken care of. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. You have a pretty personal connection to uh, Martha's Village and Kitchen, don't you? Yes. When my, my parents divorced when I was about nine years old and my father was homeless, he was a struggling addict. Um, and he actually stayed here at Martha's Village and Kitchen, and he was a public client as well. So he received his meals here, showered here, um, and then, you know, as I got older, I would volunteer here. So it's funny that I grew up, and here I am again. <laughs> in, in full circle. And how's your dad doing now? He is recovered. He has not touched drugs in about 10 years. Um, he lives in Idaho with his new wife, and... He is a wedding singer. You're kidding me. <laughs> and a very popular one. In yeah. He's <laughs> so he must be pretty good. He he is. Yeah. So before he fell on some hard times, um, was that something that he did? Was he in entertainment prior to that? I think it was just a dream of his. He was a uh, he was a welder. Okay. So. He, the, the singing was, was his favorite hobby that is now his career. And, you know, he, unfortunately, he's the only one of his friend group that made it out alive mm. from addiction. So as a child, uh, when, were you with your dad at all when he was, when he was coming to, to Martha's Village and Kitchen? Yes, we would have okay. our visitations here actually in our courtyard. So I'm mm. very familiar with, with our courtyard and our kitchen. How old were you when, when that was happening? I was around 12, 12, 12, okay. to, 12 to 14. So uh, old enough to understand. Yes. Yeah. How, how did that make you feel seeing your dad there? It made, I remember feeling very sad, mm. very sad. And, and I wanted to take him home, yeah. but he assured me that that was his home for now. And, you know, I'm very grateful for what Martha's did for my father. Does your experience that you had, does that help you to interact with the people that are benefiting from, from Martha's now? Absolutely. I, I definitely look at everyone empathetically. Um, even, you know, if we have a tough client or, you know, a client that is, you know, in active addiction, I'm, I'm able to empathize with them and, you know, think, you know, they could have children. So let's do what we can to help them. When you say tough client, what does that mean? Well, you know, if, if we have a client that may be maybe slightly aggressive okay. or have some choice words for us, you know, it's hot and everyone gets irritable every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to, you have to go about it with empathy. Have you noticed in, so you've been doing this for about a year, uh, am I right? You came from a totally different, a totally different background, um, but decided to kind of uh, change course and, and do something that you felt was very, very uh, helpful to others. Yes. Um, wh what was it that, that kind of clicked in your head that made you think, 
you know, because a lot of people get get stuck in a in a groove and they're afraid to make change. You made a big change. I did. I think I just wanted more. Um, I am a very I'm very blessed in terms of you know how I live my life, and um, I didn't want to lose grip of reality. And I rem- I just had an interaction one day with you know a homeless person. And um, this individual was being discriminated against and not exactly treated with kindness. And I thought, you know what, this isn't really, I don't like this crowd. Um, I don't like this area. This, I just, I want to do more. I want to help more people like this individual. And so I looked into nonprofit work and that's how I'm here. So how did you end up at Martha's? Well, given that I've, I've, knew about Martha since the time I was nine um, and I had volunteered here when I was in high school so um, I kind of just stopped by took a tour and then realized they were hiring for a volunteer coordinator at the time and so that's when I, I took it on. So you had no experience in being a volunteer coordinator, right? Absolutely none. No. <laughs> <laughs> so like put put us in your in your shoes on day one, right? You sit down behind your desk, they're like, okay, Alexandra, have at it. Right. Well, so actually, what did my, that look like? Well, my first day was actually um it was three days before our big Thanksgiving five K event. Right. So I kind of got thrown into the ringer. Um and um, I had to assemble about 300 volunteers and organize their areas and tell them what to do. And I had only been working for Martha's for three days. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a, it was interesting. Yeah, I bet everything worked out okay. It did. It actually yeah. did. Good. So. Good for you. So what is it that makes, in your mind, a, a good volunteer? I'm sure you get all kinds of people mm-hmm. that, that want to, or in some cases, people that are probably um, forced, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term, to, to volunteer. And, and I know that good things come in, in most circumstances, but what, what makes for a really, really good volunteer? A volunteer that's able to look at the greater picture. Um, You know, like you said, there's volunteers that are forced, but sometimes those volunteers that are forced see what they're doing and see the change that they're doing or they're, you know, meeting clients and they're they're getting to know their stories and it makes them want to help more. So I think keeping an open mind and being empathetic is what makes a great volunteer. Is there any way that you take any way that you approach those people like on day one when you know you're getting either a group of people starting who are like either court ordered or for whatever reason um, aren't necessarily doing this out of choice? Um, how do you start that relationship with them to help them to understand that that they could get something out of this to keep an open mind? I just kind of, well, I always give a tour to a volunteer. I let them know, um, you know, I know that you're here for three hours, three hours a week. I'm just asking for your three hours. But, you know, your three hours of time, you've assembled groceries. These groceries are going to go to a family that might be struggling. And this family that's struggling, they're going to be able to feed their children, not just, you know, scraps of food from a food bank, but enough to make a meal because we do organize our groceries to make a meal for, you know, two weeks. Um, and I say, you know, this these $200 that they just saved on groceries, that could have been $200 that they would have been short on for rent and they would have been homeless. So just look at the bigger picture. 
you're doing something great and you're doing you're doing good do you ever get any or not <laughs> yeah do you ever get any personal stories out of those people you know who have had experiences with organizations like yours or others i actually you know what i've i've had volunteers that have come and they have similar experiences to mine where a parent or you know a loved one or a friend ended up here due to an addiction or you know being homeless um and there was one case that I will never forget where I had a young man here who was court ordered and he actually ran into his sister who he had not seen in years. Oh my gosh. And she was eating, um, she was eating in the dining hall mm-hmm. and he just cried. Yeah. So I-, I can imagine, boy, some things happen for a reason, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I'm I'm glad that you said blessed because a lot of people might not feel that way in, in certain situations. But to be able to even live vicariously through other people that are having those experiences, it has to make your make what you do on a daily basis, you know, feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. so you're not the volunteer coordinator anymore. You've you've changed roles now. You're in development and communications. So. Um, what does that entail and, and how does that relate to kind of the overall mission of Martha's? So, Mar- so it's marketing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm focusing a lot on the brand, really polishing everything up. Um, just to, It's how the community sees us. So whether it's putting, you know, our business and our logos on our trucks, just putting out more awareness because some people may not know we have a thrift store or they may not know that we have residential services. So really getting the name out there in the community. Um, I do the social media, you know, on on Tuesdays, I post our childcare center, um, sends us adorable photos of the kids there. And I post, you know, any sales at the thrift store. So social media is a big one and our website as well. I maintain that. So go, if you could just high level, go through the services that you provide to people because it sounds like you're just one almost self-contained unit that does everything that's how it feels sometimes so we have food services so it's um it's lunch it's also a public lunch public snack so anybody from the outside can come in and eat um they also feed the residents here as well as staff and volunteers get lunch as well we have our thrift store so donation based but they also do pickups if you want to donate to us but you're not able to get all your furniture into your car or whatnot the thrift store will pick it up they also pick up um, our our donation drives for us um, and a hundred percent of the profit from the thrift store goes back into the programs as well as when a family graduates from here they're able to just furnish their homes with what is in our thrift store and we free of charge um, we also have public showers both here and at our palm springs access center Um, And that is every day at our Palm Springs Access Center. We also do obviously the residential services. So it's dorm room styled. Um, Single men stay with single men, single women stay with single women. And we are the only shelter in the Valley that does not separate fathers from their families. So if you are a family, we keep you together in your own dorm. Um, Our clients are also encouraged to reserve a kitchenette that we have downstairs. So once a month, they're able to make their own home cooked meal or celebrate a birthday together or just have an intimate dinner that unifies the family. And we do a lot of things to, you know, really unify them and 
make sure that the stress of being homeless does not separate them. We have um, our Career and Education Center. So they help them with resumes, find housing, find jobs, um, you know, mock interviews, you name it. They, they do it all with them. Or if they need documentation, then their case managers, you know, if they need a passport, if they need a visa, if they need um, essentially anything to help them get self-sufficient, case management will assist them. We also have a tutoring center for our residents. So the children that live here are able to have homework help. Um, and the tutoring is, is reserved only for the clients that live here. So only the children that live here are able to go to the tutoring center. We also have an on-site clinic and um, they also have their own lab. So that way we don't have to send clients outside of the facility if they don't have a vehicle to go get labs done if they need it. And I feel like I'm missing so much more. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a lot right there. I mean, it, it, just thinking about it. So what is the what is the normal time that a family or an individual stays with you if they are staying with you and, and participating in, in all these services? Three months. But if they need to renew them, then they will renew with us and continue to stay with us. Okay. And, and so there's no cost, I, I imagine, yeah. right, to, to people coming through. Uh, you're supported by the thrift store. And so how many paid staff do you have there to take care of all those things you just told me about? 80. And we are working yeah. on um, on increasing the size of our daycare center. Okay. So eventually that'll that'll be quite, quite a few more teachers we'll need. Yeah. <laughs> so how do volunteers get involved and how many volunteers do you need in order to get everything done? Well, there's never a limit of volunteers where we take as many volunteers as we can, um, but they're able to actually visit our website, marthasvillage.org, and fill out the volunteer application. Um, and it just creates their, their profile on our volunteer hub portal. And anybody's able to come in and volunteer here. Are there a lot of other organizations across the country similar to yours in scope? I mean, I, I've, I've seen shelters for um, single moms and homeless homeless shelters, but I don't know that I've ever heard of anything that's so encompassing as what you do. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I think we're the... <laughs> toot, toot away. I think we are the only shelter that does it all. We have yeah. you know, our wraparound services, so mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. So reemployability from, you know, for what we do as far as providing uh, injured workers as volunteers uh, at your organization. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is, is that do you see that as a benefit to you uh, because they're able to be there during normal working hours and not just, you know, after work or weekends? How, how does that fit into your whole scheme of things? 100 percent. I just I love I love our reemployability volunteers. Um, they are definitely so helpful to us and so I guess stable we just it it gives us a schedule we know when they're going to be here um and they're always willing to work there's really you know they will tell us their restrictions and it doesn't stop you know it doesn't stop us from finding them something to do we're always accommodating them because they're accommodating us right is so having to accommodate those restrictions is do you feel that as a burden to you or yeah. is it something that's pretty easily overcome it's it's easy to overcome yeah and how do you see injured workers as far as 
their own development when they're volunteering. Do you, do you feel like a program like yours or other places where they volunteer would, would help benefit them to actually recover faster? I think so because it, it builds their confidence back. I mean, I can only imagine working and then having an injury that stops me, you know, from being able to live day-to-day life as I was before, as I was prior. So, you know, even with the volunteers that we have from reemployability, I see such a growth in them and it's almost like they feel alive again and they want to work. They don't want to stay home and, you know, just only think about their injuries. They're they're willing to come back out to the workforce and they, they're trying. Well, we certainly appreciate a partner like you um, because it gives our folks a, a, a lot of different options as far as you know things to do. We talked about Juan uh, last time we spoke, who was an injured worker, and you had mentioned some of the things that, that he was doing. What are some of the other roles that you have volunteers doing, not just from reemployability, but but as a whole doing that um, that might interest some folks to, to come out and help? Well, we have a lot. I mean, as far as um, opportunities, we have admin, we have things at our thrift store, we have our cooling centers that are still open, our pantry, even if it's just double bagging to be able to, you know, get people in and out because with groceries increasing, our lines for the pantry are only getting longer. Um, So, you know, helps us stay at a faster pace. And now with our Thanksgiving 5K around the corner, there's so many more volunteer opportunities and i'm really gonna gonna need a a a couple hundred of of them more than three days advance notice too right yeah definitely (laughs) so is that 5k does that is that a fundraiser obviously for for the organization as well yes yes In, in the in the year you've been here, have you seen um, a difference in the types of clients that you're getting? You mentioned groceries. I imagine the cost of food having when that goes up, then then you're seeing more people come come for assistance. Is there any other trends that you're seeing in, in the short time you've been there? I'm seeing a lot more. Well, our our daycare center is um, what's our child development center. Our student population has definitely increased. I think, you know, a lot of, and I'm seeing a lot of younger moms as well. In our pantry, we do have diapers and formula and things of that nature. So I'm seeing a lot of women and children. And a lot of women wanting to go back out into the workforce. So I'm assuming it's, you know, the cost of rent is increasing by the month, it seems. So I'm seeing a lot more single moms and and mothers in general. What's the biggest thing that somebody could do to help you now? Like what, what is your biggest wish list item uh, for, for Martha's? Um, that's a tough one. Huh. I guess, well, two or three, that's fine. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just, I would guess, you know, the more people are aware of what we do, then that'll bring in, you know, donations to help us. You know, we're going to start a scholarship fund to um, allow more children into the daycare so other people can provide that education for another child who may not be able to afford it. Um, We also, you know, volunteers, I would want awareness just for volunteers to really come in and and help us and um, be there for our clients. You know, as staff, we're running around and, you know, we're the operations of it all. You know, to have a volunteer, I know they really enjoy the company. 
definitely. So awareness, more awareness. Well, you were aware, uh, you know, when you decided to make that change from your old career to this. And you had mentioned that um, you decided the pretty impactful thing that happened when you saw somebody being discriminated against. Tell us more about that. Like, if you could change the minds of people, if you could um, help people understand the reality of what folks are going through, like, what would you say to them? How would how would you approach somebody that that might think themselves better or think of others less um, because of the situations that they're in? If you, if you could change their minds, what would you say? I would say that the the most common misconception about the homeless community is that they're all on drugs and they're all you know crazy or they're violent. And you know, a lot of the times they're not. It's it's just somebody who fell on a hard time. And like I said, I there was one client $200 short on rent and they became homeless. It, it can happen to anybody. And so we're here to prevent it. But I would just say, you know, not everybody is on drugs. Everybody has their own story. Some people didn't have, you know, I could go into a million stories of some of the clients here. Um, some parents didn't just didn't feel like raising them anymore and kicked them out on the street and they had nowhere to go because, you know, they were just, they were autistic or they, you know, they couldn't figure it out or they didn't have an education. It, you never know somebody's story and you'd be surprised as to why they're here. So keep an open mind. Alexandra, if... Um, you want to share your website and the best way for people to reach out to you either to volunteer or donate or help out marthasvillage.org everything is listed on there all of our services if you're interested in more details um, in our programs or donating you're able to donate online and our volunteer application is on there as well perfect I will put that in the show notes so people can click on it and, and get to get to interact with you. And again, thank you so much for your time, Alexandra Vargas uh, with Martha's Village and Kitchen. We appreciate your partnership with our program, but more than that, we appreciate all that you're doing in your little neck of the woods and uh, wish you the very best. Thanks so much for what you do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. Now we need you to help us out. If you know someone whose story should be told, please let us know. Email Todd at reemployability.com. That email address link will be in the show notes as well. We'd love to have you follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listen to REA.com. Remember, lead with the good and have a great rest of your week.